0: It's been a while since we checked in, and the time between our last episode and now, life has changed across our region and around the world in response to the coronavirus pandemic. At Western Resource Advocates, we're adapting the logistics and day-to-day realities of work for our organization while our offices are closed. While we're now working remotely and doing our best to stay home and help flatten the curve, the threats facing our land, air, and water across the West have not stopped, and the looming climate crisis has neither. So we're working harder than ever to protect communities and places that we love. So for this episode, we brought together a group of advocates from across our organization to give us an update on what life is like now and what our organization is doing to continue our work to ensure clean air, healthy rivers and lakes, to protect and connect Western landscapes, and to address climate change. I'm joined today with a great group from across our organization. Jessica Halai, our Colorado Government Affairs Manager, Greg Macias, our Vice President of Programs and Strategy, Ellen Howard-Kuser, a Senior Staff Attorney with the Clean Energy Program, Nick Scow, our Utah Government Affairs Manager, and Kim Mitchell, our Senior Policy Manager with the Healthy Rivers and Lakes Team. To start off, we wanted to go through and give an update on what these changes mean for our organization. Greg, like so many across the country, our day-to-day lives here at WRA have changed considerably in the wake of the coronavirus onset in the United States. Can you give us a quick update about what that means for WRA?
1: Sure, Brendan. Um, And I just wanna say I hope everybody is staying healthy and staying home. So WRA is following state and local health directives and working to keep our staff and community safe. So our offices are currently closed. And we're in a good position, so we're able to continue our work, thankfully. Um, Many of the forums where we work, like public utility commissions, are still operating just remotely. So in a lot of ways, our work is going on more or less as normal. A few things may be delayed, but we're just doing it in unprecedented conditions. Um, And even as we work towards progress across our states, the current federal administration is willing to use this situation to advance opportunistic attacks on our bedrock environmental protections and danger in our communities across the West. So on both the state and federal levels, it's as important as ever for folks to stay interested and engage with these policies and issues we care
0: about. And Jessica and Nick, you work to engage decision makers and advance policy on the state level for WRA. While legislative sessions and meetings have taken a different shape now, There are still important decisions being made and hearings and meetings taking place in our states across the West. Isn't that right?
2: Yeah, Brendan. You know, in Colorado at the state level, despite the legislative session being suspended, there are plans to continue next month to enact the state's budget and finance education for the next year. And as Greg mentioned, the regulation process continues. With passage last year of landmark climate legislation, House Bill 1261, also known as the Climate Action Plan, A lot of our current focus is on implementing rules to make sure Colorado will meet the climate goals established by the new law. And just last week, the Colorado Air Quality Control Commission met to discuss what types of policies are needed in order to reduce pollution levels to achieve statewide goals. For those outside Colorado, the legislation signed by Governor Polis calls for significant reductions in greenhouse gas emissions with the first target set for 2025 and more ambitious goals for 2030 and 2050. Overall, by 2050, we need to reduce greenhouse gas emissions by 107 metric tons, 90% below 2005 levels. But the legislation does not prescribe how to get this done. The policies we have now and measures being put in place will reduce emissions some, but not nearly enough. So these administrative proceedings in front of the AQCC are crucial to ensure enforceable regulations are enacted that will help close the gap to meet the targets set in law and ensure Colorado does its part to confront climate change. And while our day-to-day lives have undoubtedly been altered, the threat of climate change remains, and we certainly have a lot more work to do to close the gap between our policies and our goals. Another thing I'm doing while isolated is continuing relationship building work, which is as important as ever. As someone who recently started with WRA, I'm taking the opportunity while our schedules are in flux to make several coffee dates a week with colleagues and allies. I just make sure to have a lot of herbal tea on hand so I don't get over caffeinated. But the bottom line is that those benefiting from the status quo aren't stopping, so we can't stop either. At the federal level, we're seeing the Trump administration push through rollbacks of environmental regulations that are designed to protect clean air and a livable climate by improving fuel efficiency in our vehicles and limiting toxic air pollution from coal-fired power plants. The pandemic is having immediate impact on our lives and on our health. At the state level, we need to keep working to address climate change, which part poses far greater risks if we don't act to rein in our greenhouse gas pollution.
1: Yeah, Brendan, that's right. Even though some things have changed. Our work here in Utah is still as important and as busy as ever. And being able to stay engaged in this work has actually been a really nice respite for me and a means of maintaining some normalcy through it all. Um, Here in Utah, we had the added challenge of dealing with a serious earthquake that even did significant damage to our WRA office downtown. And we're still feeling aftershocks. There was a large one uh, last week while I was on a Zoom meeting with other advocates, but we're still working forward to make a difference. And while the world has slowed down, regulatory processes and energy resource planning has not, for the most part. So it's been difficult to advance our public policy efforts and build coalitions in Utah when you can't go anywhere and can't meet with people. So we've had to get creative setting up uh, virtual meetings texting with legislators instead of putting on a suit and, and shaking hands at the Capitol and just last week I participated in the first virtual uh, legislative special session that we've ever had in Utah because no one was allowed in uh, the Capitol up there so we're getting creative looking at hosting webinars instead of in-person events with our partners and revisiting certain strategies But while much of the world is basically shut down, we don't have the luxury to slow down our work on climate because policymaking, public service commission hearings are still continuing uh, for the most part and we need to be there. So right now Utah is this year in the midst of making a very big decision about whether we want to take on more coal in our resource portfolio or to really double down and embrace the opportunity and resiliency that comes with the clean energy transition. And so we're heavily engaged in this decision-making and really trying to keep pushing, even though we're in this unprecedented time.
0: Absolutely. And as you both said, we have to shift our strategies a little bit and that the current situation, even the added challenges of life as they continue, like, the earthquake that you experienced, Nick, mean that we have to shift our approach and come up with some new strategies. Jessica, I love the idea of drinking more tea so you don't get get over-caffeinated. I probably need to implement that in my own life working from home. Uh, And those shifts are something that we're all experiencing. Kim, I know for you and for your work on our Healthy Rivers team, while some of the in-person work has taken a pause for now, the shift has allowed you to focus on some other issues that will help protect our rivers and lakes across the West and specifically in Arizona, right?
3: Yes, it has. And I certainly appreciate the flexibility that WRA has provided us to make good progress from home. But you're right, Brendan, a lot of the work I do involves meeting one-on-one with stakeholders in the water community. And while that work is on hold right now, I'm finding, uh, surprisingly, I have a lot more time to focus on important work that often gets pushed to the back burner because of time constraints. Let me give you a couple examples of the work I'm doing. Looking at ways to protect rivers in times of water scarcity. We're all well aware Arizona and the West have a high risk of ongoing drought. In the last two decades alone, river flow has decreased by almost 20%. So along with this drought comes uncertainty. Now there have been a number of studies done by the Bureau of Reclamation and others to try and gauge this uncertainty and figure out exactly what level of risk are we facing. So based on that work, we are beginning to look at the benefits of various activities that provide future water security uh, for both our communities and the environment. Activities such as forest health, how to retain water in our upper watersheds, things like restoration involving wet meadows and fire mitigation. Can we use natural storage? features like earthen dams and retention basins that help redirect flood flows adjacent to stream channels where we can improve flow in those areas and protect important ecosystems. And of course, better groundwater management in rural areas is now on the radar screen for Arizonans. This was after a recent series of articles last December highlighting the impacts of excessive pumping on declining aquifer levels. Groundwater resources are unprotected in many areas of our state, not all, but many. Western Resource Advocates is supporting policies that provide these rural communities with a framework to manage their water resources in their own backyard, so to speak, so according to local needs and conditions. So those are a couple of projects that I've had the time to concentrate at home here this month.
0: As you've all noted, the pressing concerns, whether it's the continued drying of our region and persistent drought conditions across the West, or the immediacy of climate change, really don't stop despite the the way the world has changed in the onset of uh, the coronavirus pandemic. And we find that in every area of our work. Ellen, I know you've been working away under some recent deadlines for our clean energy work here in Colorado. And while meetings have gone remote, uh, often using Zoom like many of us are, uh, or other teleconferencing softwares, our energy utilities and producers are still working hard to keep the lights on and for all of us uh, to be able to flick the switch and light up our apartments or charge our devices, light up our homes. Um, and the importance of a transition to clean energy is as important as it's ever been and much more relevant uh, for many of us.
4: Yeah, Brendan, that's absolutely right. I think that you know this has taught us a couple of lessons. One is that we still have so much important work to continue to do. But two, I think we, we really need to owe a debt of gratitude to our essential workers, including some of those essential workers at utilities that we deal with all the time who maybe aren't um, in the forefront of our minds. And, you know, specifically, I'm thinking of line workers, at electricity utilities, those folks who literally make sure that the electricity lines are up and running smoothly so that we all can have power to our homes. Um, as well as um, drinking water and wastewater treatment plant operators. Um, it's been really challenging for them to do, do their jobs. There's been several articles across all of our states about um, wipes going down the drain and, and uh, the nature of wastewater actually changing somewhat. So those folks are really on the front lines, going to work every day, putting their own health at risk to make sure that society can continue to function. So. I think we owe an incredible debt of gratitude to those folks for really doing their jobs at a very challenging time right now. And in our front, uh, you know, work is very much continuing as you mentioned. Um, the Public Utilities Commission here in Colorado is fully up and running, um, working remotely. They've been holding both their weekly meetings as well as many hearings remotely. Um, they've been utilizing the Google Hangouts um, feature which is kind of a new one for for us to get used to, but we are doing that. I participated in a public meeting last week and got to see how that feature works. But um, work's continuing. I'm I'm working on several things. I'll just give you a few examples. Um, One, uh, many of our um, donors and contributors may know that we've been working hard on what's been referred to as the mother of all rulemakings. Um, that has been a rulemaking process that's really been going on to 2017. We're almost at the end. We're, the rules are being finalized right now. So WRE has been very engaged in that process, making sure the final rules are going to achieve our objectives, including um, requiring social cost of carbon accounting for the first time in electric resource planning. Um, we're also working on a proceeding with Black Hills, one of our smaller utilities here in Colorado, who would like to acquire 200 megawatts of new solar resources down near Pueblo, Colorado. We're very excited about that proceeding and supporting Black Hills and going forward with that acquisition. We're also looking at finalizing the community solar garden rules. There's been several changes to those rules made as a result of some of the legislation passed in both 2018 and 2019. So WRA has been very engaged in making sure that the new rules are going to comply with that legislation and ensure adequate market access to community solar gardens here in Colorado. And we're looking forward to uh, several large uh, commission actions to come as well. Uh, One of the biggest is uh, Tri-State Generation and Transmission Cooperative is going to be filing its electric resource plan for the first time, regulated fully by the PUC. And that's coming up here in early June. So we'll be very active and engaged on that process and ensuring that Tri-State is taking the necessary steps to decarbonize its system and fall in line with what science tells us are the emission reductions necessary to uh, ensure that we are avoiding the worst impacts of climate change.
0: That's. Awesome to hear all of the different ways that things are, are really moving forward. And at WRA, while we're continuing our work to address the most pressing threats facing the West's land, air, and water, uh, people at home still have opportunities to work to protect the places that they care about and stay engaged with our work here at WRA. So with that in mind, what are some of the things that if people are listening to this podcast at home, what are some of the ways that they can stay involved? What are the things that they should be looking forward to in the coming months and ways that they can help protect the West's land, air, and water during these unprecedented times?
2: Yeah, Brendan. So there's so much that's still happening so we need to really just keep our eyes on our local um, county commissions on our statewide regulatory meetings Um, make sure you know what's happening make sure you're on the list serves and you're paying attention to the newsletters that are coming into your inbox Um, there will be actions from wra and from other organizations uh, that you can take part in and there will be a lot of virtual meetings that you can attend so um, get Zoom going on your phone or on your computer and and participate. Showing up is still um, a lot of the battle, and we can do that virtually if not in person.
0: Absolutely, Jessica, as you mentioned, you can join us here at WRA. You can uh, sign up for our email list. You can subscribe to this podcast if you haven't yet. Uh, you can join us on any of the places that you can find podcasts to stay up to date on what's going on. Keep an eye on our email. Keep an eye on our Action Center on our website at www.westernresourceadvocates.org to find opportunities for you to stay involved. We will have up-to-date actions. We'll have opportunities for you to comment when the opportunity is appropriate, and we'll give you guidance on how to do so if you stay involved there. Everybody, thank you for joining us today. Thanks for giving us an update. Uh, It's clear that the threats facing Uh, our region and threats facing our environment across the West aren't stopping. And I'm happy to hear all the ways that you're staying engaged as well. I'm sure our audience is uh, excited to hear from everybody. Uh, I'm glad for many of you, this is your first time joining the podcast. I hope it's not the last time, but a big thank you for joining us. I hope you all stay safe and I hope you all have a good week. thanks for tuning in to this latest episode of Two Degrees Out West. As we mentioned at the end of our conversation, while we keep working to protect the West's land, air, and water and address climate change, we need you to join us and take action to help move things forward. You can find ways to get involved and take action today. Just head to our website at www.westernresourceadvocates.org and click on the Take Action page to find opportunities across the West. From all of us at WRA, we hope you're staying healthy and safe. We wish you the best.